Welcome to Behind the Line, where we pull back the curtain on the challenges facing first responders and frontline workers. The work you do is unique, and so are the stresses that go with it. Join me as we tackle key issues to reduce risks for burnout, and as we work to support you in doing the job you love without sacrificing being the kind of person you want to be. Hey there, and welcome back to Behind the Line. I'm your host, Lindsay Foss. If you're new to Behind the Line, what you should know about me is that I'm a clinical counselor specializing in trauma therapy, and after over a decade working with first responders and frontline workers around issues like burnout, compassion fatigue, PTSD, and related OSIs, I have become a passionate wellness advocate and educator for those who sacrifice so much for our communities out on the front lines. Behind the Line is a place for us to talk about the real-life behind-the-scenes challenges facing you on the front lines. I created this podcast with the hope of bringing easy access to skills for wellness, allowing you to find greater sustainability both on the job and off. Well, friends, we are into March now, and I'm not so sure about where you are, but where I am, kids are officially on spring break which now feels like an annual reminder of the beginning of COVID three years ago, when we went on spring break and then just never went back. I'm not sure about all of you, but it feels strange to reflect on the years we spent in the thick of COVID. And now having this last almost year where life has felt a bit more normal again, reconciling what we've all been through and what we'll carry with us as a result of it honestly hurts my brain. I know many of you are still feeling the impact of those years deeply, both continuing to face COVID-related concerns as well as the vicarious impacts of the trauma that left imprinted on you, and the associated impacts of staffing shortages and other challenges. In so many ways, what you are impacted by in your work is big stuff. It's not just the calls. It's the weight of the day-to-day demands piled up with the bureaucracy, the lack of support, the budget and staffing issues, the toxic cultures, and so much more. In the face of these big influences, I think a lot of people feel like the idea of resilience is a joke. It can feel like the odds are stacked so high against us that a few resilience tools are not going to come close to protecting us. It can also feel like a thing we do for us won't touch the many things that are hitting us constantly. Please believe me, I hear you and I get it. Meanwhile, not engaging in resilience efforts and being really strategic and and intentional about your own wellness is a surefire guarantee to end up in burnout or worse. It's a little like saying that wearing a bulletproof vest won't prevent you from getting killed. True, it might not, but not wearing it when entering the line of fire increases those odds pretty significantly. If it were me, I would rather have it than not have it. And that brings us to our series, In the Thick of It, Small Steps for Quick Wins. During this series, I've been bringing you some of my favorite tools, 
These are things that are not rocket science. They're totally able to be integrated into your life, no matter how crazy or chaotic it is. And they are guaranteed to make a difference if you apply them consistently. And today we're going to talk about brain strengthening tools that support resilience. If you like this episode, you really need to go check out my Beating the Breaking Point Resilience Training Program, where we delve into deeper detail and where you can get support in applying the tools inside of the support experience. The link is in the show notes. Go check it out. Okay, for the purpose of today's episode, I want you to think of your brain like a muscle. Really like a group of muscles. Each region of your brain performs different jobs to serve your needs, and much like a muscle, the more one region is used, the stronger it gets. I've used this example before, but it's been a long time, and I think it has a lot of value, so bear with me. Think for a moment about bringing home a big pile of groceries. You go to the trunk of your car, reach in to grab four bags at once. Which hand do you reach with? Most of us have one arm that we will tend to choose to overburden because it's our stronger arm. Without even thinking about it, we will reach in and grab those bags and haul them into the house using whichever arm our bodies unconsciously prefer, as we internally know that it's stronger and more dependable for this job. It becomes the arm that does the reaching completely unconsciously. It just happens. If we think about your brain as a group of muscles, we can picture this the same way. When you have something stressful, challenging, or heavy come up in your life, what part of your brain is unconsciously reaching to pick it up? What part of your brain is getting strengthened and is being unconsciously trained to do your heavy lifting? The very real answer for many people particularly those who work in high-stress-related environments, is that their stress center, also known as the limbic system, has gradually and quietly become trained to be the muscle that does the lifting. Because we spend more time in survival responses than a brain was ever intended to spend time in, that muscle has gotten worked and worked and worked and has built itself up to feel really strong. Think of every stressful situation as a heavy-weighted bicep curl for that part of your brain. Given your work, you have disproportionate exposure to stressful experiences, and so this part of your brain is doing bicep curls all the time. What that means is that when something comes up, including not particularly end-of-the-world type things, like finding out your kid has a school project due that you didn't know about, the part of your brain most likely to react and pick up the situation to run with it is your stress center. If you have had times where your reaction to something has felt really disproportionate to the situation, or where you felt really anxious, or worried about something that's not really a big deal, or where you quickly jump to shut down or numb in a scenario that overwhelms you more quickly than it probably should, 
Those are solid indicators that your limbic system is running on overdrive and picking up things it has no business carrying. So what do we do about it? Well, the goal is to strengthen a complementary muscle group. If I have overworked my right arm, I probably need to spend some time investing in building up my left arm to try to better match and support the strain I'm putting on my right side. Similarly, if I have an overworked stress center limbic system, I need to invest in building up my executive function center frontal lobe. Your frontal lobe is the counterbalancing force to your limbic system. When the frontal lobe is strong, it helps keep the limbic system in check. The more intentionally we work at strengthening our frontal lobe, the better we can support our limbic system at picking up the things it's meant to pick up, but not the stuff that it's not meant for. Behind the Line is sponsored by Beating the Breaking Point. Beating the Breaking Point is a seven-part online training program designed specifically for first responders and frontline workers and tailored to fill the gaps in your training to support resilience and sustainability. Whether you're new to the work and wanting to cultivate tools to prevent burnout, compassion fatigue, and related concerns, or you are deep into your years on the job and have gone a few rounds with burnout and other mental health challenges, this program offers the foundational pieces you need to support personal and professional wellness for the long haul. You are a helper. You love your work and you sacrifice a lot. Investing in you and your sustainability is the best gift you can give yourself and those who lean on you. We make this program as risk-free as possible by offering a limited money-back guarantee to ensure that it's a fit for you. If you enjoy Behind the Line, you are going to love this program. Google Beating the Breaking Point Lindsay and find everything you need to get started or use the link in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. How do you build up your frontal lobe, you ask? Well, here's what you need to know about your frontal lobe. Your frontal lobe is the part of your brain responsible for what we call executive function. It's the director of your brain. It is highly reasonable, rational, and systematic. It loves things like language, order, and sequencing, like one and then two and then three, planning and organizing, grouping, differentiating, like knowing the difference between things, recognizing, labeling, and numbering. When we understand what this part of our brain does, we can work at building in exercises to support strengthening it. Here are some of my favorites. Number one, alphabet game. Choose a category like fruits and vegetables, movie titles, actors, actresses, song titles, Disney characters, whatever you're into, and work it through from A to Z. A, apple. B, banana. C, cantaloupe. D, dragon fruit. And so on and so forth. This exercise involves language, labeling, differentiation, and sequencing. 
It sounds stupid simple to name things in alphabetical order, but it is just hard enough that it puts demand on your frontal lobe, and that's what we're looking for. Number two, name as many countries as you can. This activity typically inspires people to use a skill called cognitive mapping, which involves thinking in your mind of a map and constructing an idea of where things are located in space. Interestingly, cognitive mapping is a highly frontal lobe task and really puts demand on this part of your brain. Think of it like adding 10 pounds of weight to your workout. You can equally do variations of this activity where you name all of the streets you would drive on on your way to somewhere you go regularly, or the names of all of the stores you would pass to get from point A to point B. Number three. 54321. Name five things you see around you, then five things you hear, and then five things you feel, like touch, not emotion. Then name four of each, three of each, two of each, and one of each. Try not to name the same things to mix it up and make it harder. Again, we're asking your brain to engage in labeling, sequencing, grouping, and differentiation. All of these are frontal lobe tasks. These tools are great to use when you are in stress. I often teach these to people who struggle with panic attacks as it forces the brain to recalibrate and redistribute energy to balance out panic and stress responses. That said, they're also great to use more generally as an effort to strengthen proactively. Imagine using this in stress response mode as lifting something in a moment of need. But that would be made way easier if you had done regular lifting and exercise to build up strength before having the moment of need. We want to do the same thing for your brain. We want to train it in downtimes to build it gradually to be more effectively responsive in moments of real need. For those of you who are part of the Beating the Breaking Point support experience, you'll find a new infographic tool posted to the training vault to help guide ideas for frontal lobe strengthening activities beyond the ones we mentioned in today's show. If you haven't yet registered for Beating the Breaking Point, go check the link in the show notes. And if you have any questions about joining, email me at support at thrive-life.ca. As we wrap up today, let me remind you that if you value this podcast and want to help us in our mission to support frontline wellness, there are three ways you can do just that. Number one, rate and review behind the line on Apple podcast or wherever you're listening. Number two, follow me on social media at Lindsay A. Foss and engage with me and this amazing little community that we're building there. Every time that you like comment and share our posts, You help us spread like wildfire, thanks to the magic of the algorithm. And last but not least, share this resource and our other resources with those you know. I love hearing about teams listening to the podcast during meetings and workplaces using our free burnout indicators checklist as a staff-wide self-assessment tool. We want to see these resources in the hands of everyone who needs them so feel free to share them far and wide. Know that we can be found online on our website, on most major podcast platforms, as well as on YouTube. 
We make all of our resources available to you because the work you do matters. But more than that, you matter. And we want to make sure you have what you need to keep up the good work at work, as well as in your real life outside of work. So use it and share it. And until next time, stay safe.